start off the room and explain club pod and all that stuff. And then we'll, we'll chit chat up for you. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So let me get, um, I thought I was going to be a couple minutes later than I am. So I'm here, but let me get, um, let me get the headphones set up. So just give me one quick second. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Everyone remember, uh, that welcome, welcome again to club pod. Make sure you hit again, that house, the greenhouse and follow the moderators. And I'm making Steve a moderator and, uh, um, and make sure you follow the moderators and uh, and ping people in the room that know they're going to gain value, especially as we're going to be recording live. My first live interview radio show slash podcast on Clubhouse. So I'm going to nice. be this is this is the first one. And I'm You're good, man. Yeah, I mean, I, exactly. I got the my old school road microphone that I interviewed Steve Olsher. And we'll talk about that in a second. But Steve, really quickly, I guess you want to let everyone know about Club Pod and a couple other things before we, we uh, go some housekeeping before we get started. Yeah, for sure. We'll have Jeff come on here in a second. And super excited to get started here with you. And uh, this will be my first time interviewing anybody from a boy band man so i'm excited about that but i think if i call it a boy band he's gonna punch me in the face so i don't wanna i don't want that to happen because that guy's he's he's jacked man have you seen this guy he's like huge didn't even know that uh boy bands had bodybuilders in their uh in their in their in their team there my god so anywho um yeah man just hanging out here in club pod and uh, if this is your first time with us in club pod welcome super excited to have you here club pod has quickly become the largest podcast specific club here on clubhouse over 43 odd thousand strong between the members and the followers and uh and we've got 60 club pod leaders that uh lead discussions around the world of podcasts and podcast culture and the world of podcasting etc cetera, etc cetera. so pretty much any hour of any day you can uh, you can join us and you'll have a pretty high value conversation there going on uh last night we actually had roger love on that guy is the the guy who trained, man, you name it, like Bradley Cooper, Eminem, Lady Gaga, I mean, you name it. He was there and is their vocal coach. And so, especially as a podcaster, using your voice all day long and just, you know, like just the tips and the tools and the strategies and the training that he did uh, was super cool. So we had uh, Brennan Burchard drop by and Jim Quick. So anyway, the point wow, being, yeah. mm-hmm. the point being, you just never know who's going to show up here in uh, in Club Pod. So very cool having us uh, do this together with uh, with Jeff Timmons, and I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to do that, Neil Man. And um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, um, but uh, Neil is our category director actually for sports for Podcast Magazine. So if you guys have seen, actually, just raise your hand real quick. Have you seen? Have you, is that open right now? Do we, do we do the hand raising? I think it's open, right? Yeah, it's open. Yeah, it's open. So raise your hand real quick. I'm just curious. How many of you guys right now, uh, just raise your hand if you're already a subscriber to Podcast Magazine. I'm just curious if you guys get it, if you've seen it. Okay, so there's a, okay, good. There's a whole bunch of you guys here. Sweet. So for those of you who are not, uh, of course, we'd love to have you join us for that journey. Just go to clubpod.club. It's a private backdoor link to get a free lifetime subscription to the magazine. So please take advantage of that. But yeah, Neil is our category director for sports for podcast magazine. And uh, I'm trying to think like, how. Uh, and, and by the way, if you're just joining us, we're going to be joined here in just a couple of minutes by Jeff, uh, Jeff Timmons here of 98 degrees fame. Though, of course, he's doing a lot of fun stuff uh, since then, but yeah, podcasting you know, how- too. That's one of the reasons why we're bringing him on. He's launching a podcast. So he's excited mm-hmm. about to talk about that too. But yeah, what were you going to say, Steve? 
Now, I was just going to say, how do you remember how we connected and how you found oh, out about I, the, I, the magazine? Yeah, well, this is the funniest story. Steve was doing a radio tour, and he was on my show uh, back in the day, because uh, I'm on Terrestrial Radio, so it was a Terrestrial Radio tour, and Steve was working with some PR firm and booked me. I, I mean, book, I booked him on my show. We had a great conversation, and we became friends on Facebook, but yet really never, ever connected since then. It was like eight years later, and I see, I'm just you know scrolling in Facebook, and I see Steve offer an opportunity to be able to interview people for podcast magazine. I'm like, whoa, this is perfect. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh. So I just message him and I say, hey, Steve, I'm interested. That's how lucky I was. That was fate. That was a certain situation. And, and I, I can't believe it happened. So basically Steve and I, Steve came on my show, talked about, I guess it was your book launch, Steve, or your, or it was your radio show launch about eight or nine years ago. You came on my show. I got to find the link for that. So we have to like run that because that will yeah. give us some giggles because of just how we've connected and, you know, become good friends since we, I started writing for podcast magazine, but I found it by just an opportunity. Now, just yeah. think how many people you would get now if you opened that opportunity up right now to write for podcast right? magazine. It's amazing. Yeah. The, Right place, yeah, right mean, time. Yeah. Right place, right time for sure. And, you know, reality is you guys are in the right place, right time uh, as well being here on Clubhouse. I mean, I really do feel like there's just a tremendous amount of opportunity for all of us in, in so many ways to develop real relationships with other people, to learn, uh, of course, from people that you would normally pay. I mean, the people that I've been able to connect with here uh, on Clubhouse so far, it just it, it literally blows my mind. I mean, people that you wouldn't normally have access to it just seemed to be here enjoying it hanging out and 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 i gotta tell you i think we're just really scratching the surface in terms of what's going to happen here uh, on the platform so let me let me do this actually um because we're gonna have jeff on and, and i know we got some 98 degrees fans here and, and friend uh fans of jeff let me give you guys the opportunity um i want to i want to raise your hand uh if you have a question for jeff if you're a 98 degrees fan have a question for jeff uh, raise your hand because I want to. I want to start getting just a little bit of, uh, of an understanding of what you guys would like us to ask of Jeff, and and so just want to make sure that this conversation serves you uh, in a meaningful way as well. So at this point, the answer is no. There are no questions for Jeff, so we'll we'll figure it out, and he'll uh, and he'll get here soon enough. But okay, fine, no worries. We're here just hanging out, having a good quality it's, time. It's, and actually, it's interesting. It's because again. This is what it's interesting about Clubhouse. Something that is surprising is that they're just fans of yours, Steve. You know, you're the big celebrity now. All right. right? What questions do you have for, 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 for me? How about that? <laughs> That's about perfect. That? Exactly. Yeah. If you, um, if you haven't taken a club pod stage yet, you want to take a club pod stage, this is a good opportunity for you. Happy to have you up here. Happy to answer any questions. Uh, and so, yeah, feel free. Use the raise hands. Don't be shy. We're going to be here for a, for a while, and Jeff will be joining us here in a few. So, in the meantime, you know, Neil, I wanted to um, I wanted to ask you a question about uh, Neil, you know, the other Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson. So, you actually had a chance to sit down with uh, with with Neil. What was it? Just a week ago or so? How long ago was that? No, it was just yesterday. And today, I interviewed Robert Davi. Uh, from the Goonies and stuff about a new, oh, wow. a new yeah so I, I get different celebrities all the time and they're going to be coming to Club Pod and I always have to invite you because I, if I didn't have the opportunity to uh, be part of Podcast Magazine I would never have learned about Cl Clubhouse and Club Pod and I, I owe a lot to you Steve for telling me join 
thank you, yeah. thank you. But yeah. no, but Neil, the, it was just interesting. He, in his new book, has 10 questions to ask, and it really just makes you think. I mean, I mean, and he made sure that based on his podcast, he knew that, you know, that the listeners really can't always provide feedback in his podcast. And they basically came up with questions. He came up with questions based on the podcast, people that sent uh, messages into him about the podcast, questions about how do we become all these different, really interesting questions. And, uh, that's how he came up with it. And see, he's the first Neil I've ever interviewed, by the way. So that was kind of funny. Neil and Neil. That's kind right. of funny. So wait, how, so how did you connect then? Because Neil deGrasse Tyson, and by the way, we, we got to buy you. I know what I'm buying you for your birthday, by the way. You know what I'm buying you for your birthday? What? A nine volt battery. Because clearly you've got a smoke detector that is mad at you. So we got to buy you a nine volt battery. That's, 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 that's my gift to you. I will send you a, a set of nine volts. But um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, how, how did you connect? Like that's, that's an A-level player. I mean, that's somebody who I, I would think, to to some extent, might be a pretty might be a pretty tough get. So how how did you how did you get to Neil deGrasse Tyson? So it's basically part of just grinding for so many years. I'm on terrestrial radio as well as internet radio, and have a reputation of interviewing celebrities all the time, from Brett Favre uh, to just to, to different stars all the time. Every week, it's new people, and basically, I got the pitch. Hey, you're interested in interviewing? I'm sure, great, and that's it. I get I get these pitches in my email box all the time, and it's like mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, Bill Rancic, uh, remember him from yeah, the first the Apprentice, Apprentice, the original coming, Apprentice. Yeah, he's coming on in a couple of weeks. So, and that was just from a straight email. So you just never know uh, the different guests that I have of celebrities. I just got to figure out the the whole list of celebrities I've interviewed. How to really come up with a list? Isn't that crazy, Steve? I'm just I'm a nut job when it comes to loving to do radio. Uh, and and TV and just I just love it's my favorite thing in the world to do and I see how passionate podcasters are and that's why I love Club Pod but this is just me I just mm-hmm. love to talk to people and I'm sure you do too that's why you love podcasting as well yeah yeah for sure man but people have got to be just sitting there kind of scratching their heads going okay that's that's all well and good for you man but like what about me if I just have sort of an average yeah, and I hate to use the term, but, you know, it's kind of average Joe Jane podcast, not, you know, crazy numbers. I'm not showing up on the charts. What, how, how do I land somebody like like a Neil deGrasse Tyson or, or you know, a Brett Favre or somebody of that nature? I mean, I'm not going to say that. I think Rancic could be a pretty easy get. You know, just got to probably ask that guy. But like Brett Favre is an example. That, that's a pretty good get too, man. What, what do you say to folks who are, who are struggling to try to figure out how to get those you know, really higher level guests on their shows. I just, I really believe it's just ask, reach out, bring something to the table that makes them want to know, Hey, I really want them to interview, interview me and really look at your specific portfolio of of work and what, who you've interviewed and say to yourself, okay, I'm going to send out, I'm going to get to their agent. I'm going to get to their publicist. I'm going to message them on Facebook and not give up till I hear the word. No. And a lot of times they're going to say yes. How I booked Jeff Timmons was so simple. All I did was reach out on Facebook, sent a message on Facebook, became friends with them on Facebook, and asked him, hey, you want to come on my show? And it's funny, we kind of did not connect later to another time, and bam, uh, it, it, it happened. And I just said, well, this is a perfect timing because of Club Pod. And that was it. That happened, and they reached out and said, sure, we'll, we'll do the interview. And then that's all. And once you get a couple guests that are well known 
more and more come. And then you've developed relationships with other publicists and other publicists send you different people. And it just, it's, it's, it just becomes a different effect. And it's really about branding your podcast too, Steve, so that they see you and they search you and they see that there's nothing stagnant and you're out there always doing stuff. And then they're going to say yes, because ultimately now all the time I talk to publicists, they're like, do you know any other shows as well that you can get my client on? Because the traditional media is dead and they really look at podcasting differently than they did, let's say four or five years ago. So are you, are you concerned in terms of kind of the, well, I mean, lack of a better term, the day job, the terrestrial side of things, are, are you feeling the hit at all on, on terrestrial? I mean, like what, what are you guys seeing? I think all this helps everything. It just goes back to remember when eBooks, they said that hardback and coverback books were dead and that, that the books are going to just disappear and Kindle will be the only way. And it, there was an explosion. Radio is not dead. Uh, I think Clubhouse and all these others could kill radio. It's not going to kill podcasting because we all listen to radio just to deal with things, but it's not taking a huge hit. I think it helps. I think podcastings help bring back radio. I don't know what you're, what do you think, Steve, on that? Well, I'm not privy to what the numbers are, right? So I don't, I don't know, like, I don't look at Arbitron. I don't look at the ratings. I don't look at any of that stuff. So I really, I honestly have no idea what the radio folks are seeing in terms of whether or not podcasts have really made a, a you know, a huge dent. I, I was, I'll put it this way. I was really surprised that, um, uh, that Sirius XM renewed uh, Howard Stern's contract. That's at, at the number that they did, that they did. I mean, I, that was, that was, that was kind of surprising because the first deal that they did was such a huge deal and then they renewed at another number. And I was just kind of like, oh, my God, because like I didn't I don't have access to the numbers, but I didn't think that satellite, as an example, was doing well enough to be able to throw that kind of money back at Stern. Like I thought it was a, a real big risk the first time they did it. I certainly didn't think they were going to do it again. So, I mean, I guess if, if satellite is doing a OK, then one might think that that terrestrial is, is doing well enough. But I don't know what the numbers look like in terms of their, uh, you know, in terms of their revenue. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm about to ping Jeff in because it's about time for him to come in. But I would like to take a look at those numbers and have that conversation. But I've talked to people in radio that say we're not dead. We're not done. It's not over. It's just another way people love to listen to stuff that's interesting. So if radio is doing a good job in certain ways and people always will like sports shows or po political shows and they'll listen to them and they'll choose when to use podcasting, it's just more and more opportunities for you to choose what you like. But it just happens that I've heard that there's no death of radio. So remember, yeah. they were talking that the podcasting would kill radio. It's not. And now everyone's saying Clubhouse is going to kill podcasting. It's not. I think I it's just going to so. it's going to better everything else for sure. And Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K through 12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, 
Perspective VMS. Lensex Enterprise Level Video Management Software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christopher Hall Show, and I'm excited to welcome to the program Dr. Christopher Hall. Dr. Hall, how are you? Thank you for your service, and, uh, you know, we we have a great guest because this really means a lot to you, this guest. And, you know, it's really interesting, the theme base that we're really interviewing, not as as we've done since we started the Dr. Christopher Hall Show, people that are heroes in their industry. Isn't that correct, Dr. Hall? Well, you know what? That's totally true, and, and we've done... Started a lot of interviews with uh, important stars and athletes and Olympians. And, and, you know, I think today this is one of our most important interviews, uh, the gentleman that we have today. Uh, and it's related to this pandemic, the COVID-19, and what he saw as a doctor, what he needs to do. Uh, and so I'm very, very, very excited uh, to welcome to the show um, uh, a very esteemed individual, uh, Dr. Benjamin Marble. Welcome to the show, Dr. Marble. Well, thanks for having me, uh, Dr. Hall. Uh, I really appreciate the uh, warm introduction. That means a lot to me coming from you. I've known you for, I guess we met back in 2014, was it? It's been yes, yes. a good six or uh, seven years now. Uh, and I uh, respect and highly value your opinion. And uh, so I really appreciate the uh, kind words. Well, absolutely. And that, Dr. Hall you, is such a is a hero for thanking for his service, but as Dr. Hall, Dr. Denton and Dr. Um, Benjamin, the same thing for you. Thank you for your service. And then now Dr. Hall, ask your first question. Go ahead, Dr. Hall. Well, no problem. You know, we have a lot to talk about, about what Dr. Marlow has stepped up to do um, for uh, the sins of of the U S but Dr. Marlow, tell me just kind of initially why you decided to go into medicine and maybe a little bit about your training. Well, I, uh, my dad was uh, Air Force and uh, later became a computer programmer, and I grew up in the southeast. I uh, was born in Gulfport, Mississippi, but uh, grew up in uh, Pensacola, Florida area, and then uh, moved uh, over to the coast of Mississippi for middle school and high school. And I just always remember wanting to be a physician ever since I was a small child. Not really sure why, but I just always did. And uh so lo and behold, I you know, went to school in Mobile, Alabama, at the University of South Alabama. I uh, got a degree in biomedical science and minored in chemistry and uh, psychology. And then I went to school, uh, med school at USA and uh, did a family practice residency. And uh, when I got out, I actually gravitated towards the emergency room. So I basically worked in the ER for the past 20 years. And uh, it's been a you know, long journey uh, doing doing ER for that long. But uh, what I discovered about a year ago when the pandemic started was this, you know, huge need uh, all across America. Uh, uh, people are afraid of what's going on with this COVID crisis. And I just saw this tremendous need. So I just 
uh, started offering uh, free doctor consults online, all 50 states. And uh, lo and behold, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, if, uh, the movie Build It and They Will Come. So we started offering free consults and, you know, we've had around 20,000 patients come through our service so far and delivered prescriptions to over 6,000 patients in all 50 states in America for free. So wow. it's been it's a, a really, really, really amazing incredible. journey. You know, and looking at your journey, again, both you and Dr. Hall are emergency room physicians. What do you see about sometimes those connotations of an emergency room physician and when you guys are really on the front lines, especially for this pandemic, but also anytime when you're in the emergency room? Well, you know, emergency rooms, it's, it's, uh, sometimes it's cold, not so busy. And other days it's just pandemonium and people dying, you know, all kind of, you know, we see gunshots, car wrecks, uh, strokes, heart attacks, a little bit of everything and no shifts ever the same. So, um, it can be kind of hectic at times, uh, but, uh, obviously yeah, you, we have to deliver emergency care to, to the citizens of our country. And, uh, so we have to have the system and do that. And what I saw was so many people became afraid to even go to a doctor's office. They were afraid to go to the ER. They're afraid to go to hospital because they might catch it in the waiting room. So it was like a light bulb went on in my head. Uh, you know, we telemedicine is the solution, uh, to get, to eliminate these people's fear, you can get the prescriptions to them through simple text text messaging or phone call and get them the meds that they need uh, to help them with whatever it tells them, whether it's, whether it's COVID or not. Most of what we deal with is COVID-related, of course, but uh, we do handle lots of other uh, healthcare problems as well. So I saw this unique opportunity to create this, and... Uh, I issued what I, uh, let me backtrack a little bit, because about a year ago, I issued what I called the hashtag physicians challenge. There's 1.1 million physicians in America, and only, I think it was 14 or so at that time, were licensed in all 50 states. But what happened was President Trump gave us, uh, during the pandemic, the capability to prescribe in all 50 states. They, they uh, loosened up the laws on that to allow us to practice across state lines. And uh, when that happened is when I came up with the idea of doing this, and uh it's just taken off like wildfire. It's just doing really well. Um, had a lot of success with it. I got invited to participate in America's Frontline Doctors because of this. I went up to the uh, U.S. Supreme Court in October, uh, October the 17th, and did an interview on One American News. And within a week of that interview on One American News, we had over 1,200 new patients came through our system. So just from one, you know, 15-second interview. So it's, it's just taken off like wildfire and we're doing really well. And one of the things I realized early on when I was just the only doctor doing it, the first thing I realized is this is so successful. I can't handle this many patients by myself. So we immediately pivoted and started to recruit other physicians. And I started calling old friends like Dr. Hall. Hey, I, we need help. We need, we need some other doctors to sign up to do this. And so, so lo and behold, we've got, we've got around 15 doctors on staff now and over 20 uh, tech support members. So now we've, built up our prescriber base a little bit and got more tech support on board. And so now I went ahead and did a follow-up interview on, on One American News Today, in fact, actually. Uh, we have done zero promotion at all uh, in the past three or four months because the first commercial did so well. We had so much, we realized we just had to get more people involved to help make this happen. And then I got sick with COVID myself and that kind of sidetracked things for a while. I wound up very ill and uh wound up in the hospital actually which is kind of interesting i did uh, doctors tend to be horrible patients and i had 
you know, I prescribe a lot of what I call the COVID cocktail, which is just simple drugs, uh, mostly drugs like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, prednisone, Z-Pax, doxycycline, low-cost generic drugs that have been around for decades and are very safe and well-tolerated and do are believed to help in some ways with COVID. And uh, so I had been taking, when I got COVID myself, which was right around Christmas, uh, I took it the first six days and I felt so much better that I thought I thought I'd be COVID. So I stopped right, taking right. the medicines. So after I stopped taking the medicines for like three days and then boom, about day 10, it just hit me and knocked me for a loop. Luckily, my wife, uh, I had a lot of physician friends out in Texas. We drove out to Texas and got some outpatient IV therapies with uh, some of my physician friends out there that uh, they helped arrange like high dose IV vitamin C and and some IV antibiotics and other things. I eventually wound up getting IV monoclonal antibody. And that's kind of an interesting story because that's what President Trump got when Trump had uh, COVID. He got the IV monoclonal antibody called Regeneron. And he set up a system where Uncle Sam basically distributes it all throughout the country. There's a couple of different IV monoclonal antibody treatments. One's Regeneron, the other one's called Bamlanivimab. And he distributed them so that patients all over America can get the medicine for free. If you meet the qualifications, uh, which they vary from state to state, but there's a couple simple qualifications. One is you have to have a positive test. Two, you have to get it within the first 10 days of illness. Right. And uh, I met the qualifications. I got it myself, thanks to President Trump setting this up. And since it made me better and I rapidly improved not too many days after that, I thought, you know, we need to really find a way to help our patients get this. So I made some contacts. Lo and behold, we got the master list so that any of our patients that come to myfreedoctor.com, we can help them to get the IV monoclonal antibody treatment from Uncle Sam for free. That's fabulous. All right. All right. Dr. Hall, Dr. Hall, next question. Oh, no, no problem. So the the thing is, and and, and I think what's really important to know here is that, you know, we had a deadly pandemic. We had uh, lots of patients dying, and even today, still, there are uh, um, almost 5,000 hospital admissions uh, today. As of yesterday, uh, the admissions to hospitals are, are still at that level. Now, it's probably a third or fourth was a year ago, but, you know, we have um, uh, a huge breeding ground in Brazil now where this virus may mutate, and we may, uh, again, you could be back in the same situation. But what's important is that the medications that were preventive and life-saving, like the hydrochloroquine, ivermectin, those things, uh, uh, patients in America who were very sick and some who died were unable to get this medication. And so the company that Dr. Marble uh, has set up saved a lot of lives because it, it made these medicines accessible to these patients. Um, and so that's what's very, uh, very, very important uh, about this company. Now, Dr. Marble, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the failures that you saw uh, on the national level uh, so far as uh, managing this pandemic uh, in regards to the CDC or NIH or or any of those uh, individuals who might have been uh, uh, in those important positions. Well, certainly, you know, if you want to talk about Dr. Falsi, first he said, no mask. Then he said, wear one mask. Now they're saying two masks. I mean, the inconsistency is just you know, ridiculous. Um, he, you know, Dr. Falsi has been a physician since before I was born. I was born in 1970. He was a doctor in 1968. 
he started working for the NIH in 1984, which is ironic because now they're pushing these Big Brother 1984 policies. They're given these emergency use authorizations for vaccines that have been untested, really, uh, when there's good early at-home treatment. Now, that's part of the right, problem right. Mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't understand. If they said hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin was actually useful and helped, then they would not be able to grant the emergency use authorizations for the vaccines. So it's sort of a conflict of interest. And, you know, there's a lot of money to be made off these vaccines. Uh I personally, I, I hate to sound like an anti-vax person because I'm not, but these are the least tested, highest risk, highest risk vaccines ever. Um, you know, the longest, uh, the shortest time a vaccine ever came into production before this was four years, and this is, you know, less than a year. So it's really relatively untested. We don't know the long-term safety of it. So the conservative position is, I personally cannot recommend to my patients get these vaccines. Uh, especially when I know there's early at-home treatment available, like ivermectin, uh, hydroxychloroquine, and these other meds that that have been shown to be beneficial. Wow. And and so that's so... We're hearing this all the time. I guess people coming on my show have heard this. What is is your response with these people that are so pro-vaccine and feeling that this is the way to go? Is it because they're doing it because they just want to follow and not be shunned? Uh, absolutely. A lot of it's virtue signaling. It's that woke culture, the cancel culture. You know, if you don't follow along and just go, you know, they try to claim you're selfish if you won't follow the herd mentality. But, uh, I mean, you had people like Hank Aaron. He got it. And, of course, they publicized him getting it and all that. And then 17 days later, he was dead. That's just the facts. That's yeah. what happened. Uh, so there's going to be there's been a lot of deaths reported since the vaccines have been given. Now, the FDA has pulled drugs from approval for as few as four, for as few as five deaths. And there have been a few hundred deaths so far after people got vaccinated. So um, any other scenario, the FDA would have already pulled these vaccines is my point. But because of the politics of it uh, and Joe Biden's the president, they're not going to. This whole scandal was basically, in my opinion, biological warfare designed to derail uh, the Trump presidency. Uh, You know, Dr. Fauci helped fund the uh, lab in Wuhan. They they gave them money to study gain-of-function research on coronaviruses. Well, gain-of-function means things that make it more deadly. Lo and behold, they make it more deadly, and then they, quote-unquote, accidentally release it. I'm not buying that personally considering what all has happened since then because it worked you know joe biden's in office now that was they couldn't beat trump any other way but now he's you know that's what's happened and i hate to get too political but that's just my personal opinion about it but nevertheless uh you know what we're trying to focus on is patient care not the politics of it exactly what's what's best for our patients and uh, giving them high-risk vaccines that may wind up killing them is not best for our patients. Um, now, you know, I had COVID myself, so why do I need? Why, well, for example, why do I need to wear a mask? You know, if you've had COVID, you theoretically have immunity for about six months, natural immunity. So six, seven months out, you may want to think about getting the vaccine then if you believe in it. But before that point there's really no need for me to wear a mask because I can't catch it and I can't transmit it. So it's this weird sort of 
social shaming that this whole system has created where you go in a store, you go to a gas station and people give you this dirty look if you don't have a mask on. It's like mass shaming. Uh, and uh, it's not good. It's not healthy. We're supposedly having a, a free society and we have uh, our freedoms and rights to free speech and all this. But because of the pandemic, they've just basically curtailed all of our personal rights in all these different ways. Uh, luckily, some of the states are finally starting to get over this. But, you know, I heard Mississippi was opening back up Texas. I'm in Florida. Florida's uh, a no-mass state. Uh, so there are some states that are finally opening back up. But, you know, if you look at the overall effect on society, the increased unemployment, the increased depressions and suicide rates and other things, the shutdown really has been worse than the disease itself. Yes, definitely. And it's, it's, it's going to be a ripple, ripple effect forever. And that's the thing. So, yeah. so let's talk more about how, why you decided to, to do this and how listeners out there can be involved. And I know that you and Dr. Hall are working together. So explain how Dr. Hall got involved as well in this. In this well, I, you know, I, you know, the the thing is, is the more prescribers we have on board, the more patients we can help deliver free care to. Uh, and so naturally, I, I, I contacted Dr. Hall and he, you know, he said he was more than happy to be involved. And so, you know, he's basically one of the co-founders of MyFreeDoctor.com helping us along in our journey. Uh, and so, we, you know, in August, there was one doctor and zero patients. Now we have about 15 doctors and we have... Uh, you know, we've, deli- we've had over 20,000 patients come through and we've delivered prescriptions to over 6,000. So the numbers are just going to keep growing. Uh, uh, so going forward, awesome. as we add more doctors like Dr. Hall and uh, get more prescribers on board, we hope to, you know, this becomes the new standard of care going forward. Part of what we do is we do, we are literally free. Our consult is literally free, but at the very end, we ask for donations. And I'll tell you what, that's been the most pleasant surprise of this. Uh, the donations that we have averaged over 95% of the patients we treat donate and the average donation has been over $50 every month. Wow. When you compare when you compare it to other telemedicine companies, for example, Teladoc pays the physicians $25 per patient. So we're making more than $25. We're making more than twice what Teladoc pays treating people for free. So it's sort of this win-win crazy scenario that I would have never imagined would be true, but I know it's true because it's happening. Dr. Hall, anything wow. now to add? Cause you've been part of this. So I'll ask you a question. Now. Well, this yeah. is the thing that, you know, um, you know, that I would like to add, you know, Dr. Marvel's very, uh, very, what I would describe as, um, modest, uh, because, you know, again, he's the first doctor to be licensed in that large of number of States and to treat, patients through telemedicine. So there's no other doctor that's done that in the United States. And that's to his credit. And um, and so great job, Ben. Uh, but the other thing to note is that um, this is, particularly during this time, you know, we've had more than half yes. a million deaths. Um, and we had a situation where doctors were afraid to write the medicine because of the influence of the pharmaceutical companies and their legal hand and associated uh, uh, government agencies that uh, uh, were not technically treating this pandemic, this is one doctor who has been fearless and who has stepped up to save the lives of Americans. And so uh, we certainly want our doctors to be intelligent, uh, like Dr. Marble, but want them also to be 
fearless uh, in attacking the disease. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to be working uh, with Dr. Marble, and I'm very excited about where this company is going. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's really exciting. I mean, so where do what what can we ask our listeners to do to help you right now? What's the best thing? Yeah, go ahead. well, if if they know anybody who's ill and needs healthcare, tell them to visit myfreedoctor.com. Go to the website and uh, and come in, and we will get their needs taken care of. And uh, they can ask for specific doctors. They can ask for me. They can ask for Doctor Hall. Uh, we have a few other doctors they can ask for, but. Um, the main thing is trying to help as many people as we can. And going forward, as we grow this, we want this to become the replacement for, for Obamacare. Where we're creating is, is not only for COVID, but we're creating a simple system for people to get in touch with healthcare without having to leave their house. So there's a huge convenience factor there for the, for the patients. You know, if they can just send a text to our service about a you know specific problem. Oh, I think I got a sore throat, or you know maybe it's burning when they urinate, or whatever. Then it gives them a simple, easy way to to get a hold of a doctor and get some medical advice instead of having to go sit and you know make an appointment way ahead of time, go sit in an office for an hour or two, maybe get exposed to somebody with a contagious illness. So it's a convenience factor for the patients going forward, and this is going to be the future of healthcare. And I actually call it a new phrase I've been using recently. I call it text medicine because 98% of what we we do, the patients we handle by text only, which saves a lot of time. So text medicine kind of is the future. Now, I appreciate what, what Dr. Hall said because, you know, on December the 31st, I finally met my goal, which was to prescribe in all 50 states. And so I became the first MD to treat patients for free in all 50 states by telemedicine on the last day of 2020. So that was pretty amazing to me. I was really, really proud of that myself, and uh, I couldn't have done it without my team's help. But I'm really glad that I was able to do that because it proves to the other doctors that we can do this. We're allowed to do it, and uh, and we need to do it. When you do, during a crisis like this, you don't sit around on your hands. Uh, what do I do? What do I do? You just get in action, and that's that's probably a lot of my emergency room training uh, and history as, as working as an ER physician is that uh, you just act when it's time to act. You don't hem and haw and debate. You just do what needs to be done to help people out. All right, Dr. Hall, uh, go ahead wow. and, and uh, summarize Dr. Marble. Oh, wow. What, 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 no problem. I mean, uh, you know, Dr. Benjamin Marble, um, and I've, you know, I've been fortunate to know him over the years, and, and so we both trained at the same uh, wonderful institution, University of uh, South Alabama, uh, but uh, what he's done has stepped forward as really uh, almost a lone physician uh, in this uh, pandemic that's killed over half the Americans. He took it upon himself, his resources, his time, uh, and set up this company uh, that has been life-saving for, for, for many, many people. Just think about, you know where you can go. If you don't uh, have a whole lot of money, you don't have these big insurances, there's a service that you can get in contact with that can save your life and get you the medicines to live, to live, uh, uh, and to live your normal life. So, wow, uh, what Dr. Marl has done is just incredible. We just, we just don't see this kind of stuff done every day. So, wow. Thank you for coming on the show today, Dr. Marl. Thank you so much. Uh... Chris, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, you're doing a great job and a great service uh, to our citizens as well. So I really appreciate your role in this. Uh, I can't uh, stress it enough because, uh, you you know, you, you having 
you know, fellow physicians, my, my colleagues to support me and to, to back this concept. That's what makes it happen. Wow. Totally true. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. One, yeah. One last thing I want to say, Neil Foxwell, is, uh, is uh, uh, we're hoping that you can get involved to help us out somehow, Neil. Yeah, I really definitely want to be part of it. My uh, my uh, PR agency and marketing agency to get involved with everything you're trying to do, social media and all that stuff. So we definitely got to go ahead and uh, uh, saying this on air, uh, Total Virtual Business Solutions and also the Neil Haley Network of all the different things can provide the great thing to get this business out there all over the world, all over the United States to people so that people can get the free healthcare they need. So I'm definitely on board for this whole revolution that you're trying to do, especially to help the convenience that we need when people need a doctor right now, right now. So they can go right now, Dr. Marble to where? Myfreedoctor.com. Awesome. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having us on the show. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that was the Dr. Christopher Hall show. Take care, guys. Thank you. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dr. Caxton's podcast, Timeless Truths in Medicine and Marriage. I'm excited to welcome the program, Dr. Caxton. Dr. Caxton, the topic you have today, I think that you need to call Jack Canfield right now if he still owns this, right? No, mine is chicken. We take a deep breath and say soup. So it won't be chicken soup. It'll be chicken separate from soup. That way we won't have to call him. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he no longer owns it, by the way, Doctor okay. Jackson. He, well, he, sold he sold it, so that's a great entrepreneur story. But yes, right, right. I love our I love the topic. Go ahead. Um, so, Neil, yeah, good day, everyone. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some things that are happening and some things that we can do. I want to be a little bit organized with it, so I'm going to first give you a few remedies that we talked about some over-the-counter remedies last week. And I'm going to add maybe two more. And then I'm going to talk about chicken soup, how it affects the COVID soul. One of the remedies we see is in Vicks VapoRub. It's called eucalyptus. And eucalyptus actually in the Journal of Ethnopharmacology, December 2003, that thing was found, that chemical, we see it in a lot of menthols, vaporops, they actually inhibit and they have anti-inflammatory effects. You can check that out, December 2003, Journal of Ethnopharmacology, for those who are curious. The reason I say this is, I'll tell you in a few minutes. The second thing I want to mention is hot peppers. The chemical ingredient that makes hot peppers hot peppers is called capsaicin. Sin, capsaicin. 
And capsaicin has antiviral properties. You see, every time I come down with a cold, particularly the flu, I take hot pepper soup. Nigerians make a special kind of hot pepper soup. Once I take that morning, afternoon, and night, I am done for that season when that cold hits me. I just rest, wake up the next day, go about yeah. my business. So, but in the Journal of Medical Virology in October 1992, actually capsaicin, that ingredient in pepper was found to what? Reduce the spread of herpes, reduce the number of days that you have herpes simplex. It prevents the spread of that vi uh, virus. Shingles, that's what I mean, and herpes. So there's specific research to confirm that some of the natural ingredients in food or over-the-counter um, stuff that we can purchase easily can help us attack COVID because COVID must be attacked from every possible angle that we can. That takes me to the third thing today, hot soup. You know, a lot of times, Neil, when people, they're sick, they come down with a cold, they sneeze, they runny nose. You know what it is? We use hot soup, right? We tell people to take hot soup. So I'm going to describe. Okay. But the drug companies are not going to tell you to take hot soup. And when you think of the different things that you can take that this drug companies are telling you, American Burn Association is telling you, don't take any of these things. Don't use this. Don't do that. They keep saying, don't, 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 so that people can get sick and die. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to share with you a little bit about the science and the research that was done to show whether if you come down with a cold in a runny nose, if you took cold drinks, if you drank warm or hot water sips, or if you drank soup, what happens to the mucus? See, the virus is in the mucus, and when it's inside your mucus, you produce more of that mucus. When it's layered inside the cells, you produce more mucus. And so you gotta cough up that mucus, spit it out. That's what you do with COVID. Unfortunately, the mucus that is produced by COVID is very thick, very thick. And if you don't start coughing up early, when you have what you think is a dry cough, you need to drink a lot of water, expose yourself to hot steam baths or create a steam bath, stay inside that room and or turn on the shower if it's hot enough to create that little moisture that you see on the glass. At that point where you have enough moisture and warmth, you may be able to cough up and cough out that secretion that's been produced from a viral infection, including COVID. But I want to share this because I felt people always... This is unbelievable. This is such a great gem you're dropping. Oh, my gosh. This is because people know that if I did this thing, it will work, but they just don't know. And our scientists are refusing to tell us that these things are useful. They just say, go home and quarantine. And I'm saying this because if down the road we realize that the vaccine has failed, we didn't say it's not going to work, but we say, suppose the vaccine fails, we wouldn't know until later down the road. So I'm going to share this 
little experiment that was done on steam inhalation, a version of it with you. So in as far back as 1978, in the Journal of Chest, the Chest Journal is one of the leading world medical journals on lung disease by pulmonologists and critical care physicians that they use. And the American Thoracic Society, uh, Society of Critical Care Medicine doctors, you know, this is the one of the most reputable journals on lung disorders. And I want to share something with you from the October 1978 issue, 74. There's a guy called Dr. Saketsu. Don't ask me to spell that. He and his colleagues decided, you know, the mucus uh, and the mucosal velocity and airflow resistance, you know, in the areas of the uh, nasal passages where the mucus flies through and passes through before you blow your nose, they were going to do an experiment and they did. They took 15 healthy people and they said, we're going to give you and split you up and let you drink hot water, hot chicken soup and cold water, hot water, hot chicken soup, and cold water. So they say, let's go. We're going to measure some things. We're going to measure the, the speed with which the mucus moves per minute. And we're also going to measure the speed which, with the moves, the mucus, after you drank all this stuff. So before they measured and after they measured. So that when you feel like there's an intuitive reasoning behind you using hot steam or hot water, cup of hot tea and drink it, you are actually allowing the mucus to what? To move out of your body faster. And if that mucus has a lot of virus particles there and you blow your nose, for example, and you cough it up and spit it out, for example, you're actually getting a, getting rid of a large chunk of viral um, infection from the body. So when they give them hot water to sip, now they didn't sip it through their nose or their nostrils, they just sipped it with their mouths. The velocity of the mucus went from 6.2 millimeters per minute to eight millimeters per minute. And you know, that's about a 20 something, 25% to almost 30% increase in the speed of the mucus. That's from sipping hot water. What happens when they sip chicken soup? It went to about 33%. In other words, the mucus velocity increased from 6.9 millimeters to 9.2 millimeters, another 2.3 millimeters, which is about 33%, right? So that's hot chicken soup when they sipped it. And when they used a straw, it wasn't that much difference. But when they gave them cold water, this is the key point here. When they gave them cold water, the mucosal velocity in basically all five, all three groups went from about 7.3 to 4.5, an almost 30 to 35% drop in the speed of the mucus. So when you come down with a cold, you drink hot soup, hot water, hot tea, not cold water. If you drink cold things, when you come down with a cold, you will enable this mucus that you're supposed to speed out or blow out of your nose 
you're going to slow down the process of extruding that and you'll keep the virus longer in your body and you're going to get sicker for a longer period of time. So I hope that explains something about yeah. that. That's yeah. That so how can we get that recipe? <laughs> well, you know, my book, where I'm reading this from, is still on the internet free until April 7th, the COVID-19 remedies. The book that I told you was blocked by Amazon. I'm reading one of the research uh, documents from that book. So yeah, what that means is if you take this remedy, there's so many things available. Neil, so many. Um, and I think people by instinct, we have a what's called a self-preservation instinct. We sense if we did something, hot pepper soup, menthols, we have we now have over the counter in some studies done in New York, the Pepsi and Zyrtec. Just take that twice a day. If you're exposed to COVID and you do those things, um, you're gonna improve the possibility that you won't have to go to the hospital. I don't have any guarantees on that but it's better than folding your arms and doing absolutely nothing. Hot peppers help, steam helps, inhale it if you can in a safe environment that wouldn't allow you to burn yourself. These hot drinks, instead of cold drinks, they help. The menthol, rub that in your nose. And you know, someone actually told me that he's, a, he's an EMS dog, uh, uh, paramedic, and it carries a bottle of spray of peroxide. He said it's food grade uh, peroxide, sprays it into his nostrils whenever he picks up patients. And think about it, that will oxidize and destroy the RNA of the COVID uh, virus right there in your nostrils. So there's so many things. And Neil, to, to, to really drive home this point, we know a lot of viruses cannot be attacked by any real drugs, except flu and a few others. But this is one of the deadly diseases that have so many different remedies that work against it. Again, one of the few deadly diseases or viruses that can be attacked from so many angles simultaneously to make sure that before you get to the phase where you need expensive medical care, you may have actually hit the virus to the point where whatever tiny amount of virus that's left in your body can no longer harm you because there's something called the inoculum size. So if you're hit by 50,000 particles of a virus, you're not likely to get as sick as somebody who got hit by 50 million particles of the virus. Does that make any sense? It makes complete sense. So, yes. Yeah. So and that's it, the whole point of the mask. Go ahead. So is it, Today, most of the topic today, when I mean, um, Dr. Caxton is basically that we're going the what we're looking at is this remedy, or are we looking at more today? And, and remedies, the, the remedies. remedies, yes, remedies, awesome remedies. So that first one you talked about, I wanted to kind of touch base on it again. It's available where, so it's not available on Amazon. Blocked it, so where you only could get it iTunes. Uh, no, it's not yet on iTunes. I'm going to put it on iTunes in April. And I may actually, uh, it might end up being on, um, on Amazon, but I'm going to put it on iTunes in April. April 6th, after midnight, April 7th, you're not going to find the book. So they can go to drcaxton.com right now. 
just type in their email address. The book will be automatically sent to their email. It's going to be a best-selling book. So it's free. I left it free there for a whole year. That's my service to the United States for all the blessings that it bestowed upon me as an immigrant that came here to work. And I've done relatively well. Thank God for it. So I just feel people in this country shouldn't have to die when there are people who have knowledge like myself and a lot more people have far more knowledge than I do. So that's in my tribute to this great country called the USA that I've put that book on the market of basically on my website for free, absolutely free. So this clock's ticking. I have about maybe 30, 31 or 32 more days when it'll be free on drcaxton.com. Go there and download it at d-o-c-t-o-r-c-a-x-t-o-n.com. Up until April 7th, I think April right. 7th. I can't wait to check it out. And you, and COVID, last point before you say goodbye, where's COVID going? What's your prediction in the next couple of months? Uh, you know, Neil, I'm not a very good predictor or political prophet. <laughs> and you know the origins and all the drama and the profit-oriented paradigms that were bestowed upon us in this wonderful country the last 12 months. So you never know. Like I said, they may pull up another stunt, another bioweapon on us could arise anytime from now. Um, Bill Gates has started saying, like I said last week, Bill Gates has started saying there's still another one coming. So we have no idea what's coming. But if the doctors that I really forcefully engage and resist their passivity, then we'll realize that maybe they were too passive about COVID when the time comes. That same group of people need to be aware that if another pandemic arises, they better be prepared, at least mentally if not physically, to know what to do, to mentally prepare that they may have to go fish for their own information once they understand the pathology of whatever new virus or bioweapon or whatever it is, plague, pandemic, that's brought upon us. Thank you. All right. Well, again, this is such a great show again, and I appreciate you stopping by again. Thanks. Man. All right, take care. Have a wonderful day.